In this episode of Sorta Awesome Plus, we sorta have a wrap-up discussion about wind of change, and we attempt to apply some of the Myers-Briggs pseudoscience to Richard Simmons. Welcome to Sorta Awesome Plus. It is a collection of unscripted and barely edited conversations about things that may or may not matter but that are often quite entertaining and sometimes mildly offensive. This content is shared in bulk with the Sorta Awesome superstars and occasionally with the rest of the awesome community. In this way, it is much like Sorta Awesome's Weird Uncle. We're cautious about which friends we let meet him, but we can't prevent him from showing up at family events. Hi. Hello. I forgot to ask you to check my lighting. <laughs> I feel like it's dark in here. Check your lighting? That sounds filthy. <laughs> You're dirty. Oh, what a day. It's been a Friday. It is Friday in this time paradox. In this timeline? It is. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like there's something going on with the weather. My old man knee hurts a lot. I'll tell you what's going on with the weather. The Did you look at the weather up today at all? No. The entirety of the week ahead forecast is thunderstorms every day. Okay, that now, makes sense. Low pressure, high pressure, whatever the pressure, it's in my knee. It's in your knee. It's manifesting in your knee. Mm-hmm. Whether that will come to fruition or not, who knows? The weather app is not like the most super reliable one. They're not terrible. Thing, but who knows? So yes, you are absolutely right. Your body told you mm-hmm. what to be prepared for. Okay. Well, it just told me. Be prepared. It's happening. Hold on to your preparedness. Yes. Which was a substitution for profanity because I'm trying to be a better Kyle. Hmm, good. No, you're not. Are you? I was in that moment. Okay. <laughs> it has been a day. You have been living in your own self-imposed thought dungeon. I didn't like it. For hours. I even called you a few times just to update you on where I was in schedule and stuff. And you're like, okay, fine. Get out of here. Bye. Good, thanks. Bye. <laughs> yeah. I needed to get done. Yeah. I needed to get done. I'm not done, but I'm more done than I was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the mental, if you see me, those of you who watch the video, all 20 of you, if you see drool or weird things, just roll with it. Okay. It was a busy day for me too. Fridays are always busy, especially in the morning. Well, this morning was really busy. I have a baby who... Is a boy. Is a boy. Is um, prone to... What's that from? Should we take a minute? Yeah, let's do it. Little, little, a tiny little side trail. What was that even a commercial It was for, for a phone company. Like, was this it calling is, cards? Yeah, I think it was calling cards. So it's obviously, we're talking like... Early to mid-90s. A gajillion years ago. There was a guy who placed a collect call to his family, and it was a collect call from We Oughta Baby It's a Boy. Cheating the system. It was a very creative commercial. It's not funny now because most people are like, what? It's amusing to us. It was in the day of payphones. Yeah, there's people listening who are like, what's a collect call? Yeah, it's a pay- the only time I get a collect call is from my new boyfriend in the correctional facility. <laughs> or a new girlfriend. I don't want to discriminate. Here we go. Um, anyway, anyway, Nico took a 
big gigantic bite out of my Thursday night editing and episode prep time to the point where I just got up super early this morning. What's super early? 4.30. That's super early. To get the episode put together and dropped. So Friday's mornings are busy, but this morning was particularly busy. Um, and of course, when to start the Awesome of the Week threads and check in on those, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. So I've noticed, where did I notice this? Was it in the Superstars group? I don't know. No, I'm not sure that I know what I'm talking about. Please go ahead. Okay. So did all the usual Friday sort of awesome stuff. And then as I puttered around the house uh, trying to tidy up after humans and dogs, I finally, Kyle, finally got to finish Wind of Change. Nice. Which came to an extremely satisfying end. I know that you're like number one super fan of Wind of Change. I feel it's, like. it's just well done. I will say that yeah. from here on out. Well done. Well done, sir. It was very, I thought it was very well done. Very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not satisfied with the ending. Really? But I don't think there is a satisfactory ending okay. unless he definitively finds, yes, the CIA did all the things. Then it'd be like, I knew it. Yeah. And you could... You could climb on board with that. But without, he basically ended with no resolution. Right. So from that perspective, it's an unsatisfying ending. But he does a satisfying job of leaving untied all of the loose ends. He really does. For me, personally, as just a listener, it's just a rando American who was alive during this time, who is prone to believing the CIA can do anything and also loves a conspiracy theory. I think the most telling thing that he uncovered was when he did the Freedom of Information Act request on the Scorpions. Mm -hmm. And the official response was, we can neither confirm nor deny. To me, that that seals the deal. That there was, it may not have been that the CIA wrote Wind of Change. Right, but there was something going on there. Yes. That's the beauty of the bureaucratic boilerplate, I follow a checklist of answers, things. This is why terrorist attacks are, are successful, is because all they have to do is look at the standard operating procedure in place, and they can beat it because that operating procedure is only in place as a reflection on what's already happened. Okay. We didn't have people, we didn't have TSA officers checking shoes of people until some butthole tried to smuggle a bomb aboard in their shoes or something, right? Right. And so I'm, I'm keep rubbing my eye for the 19 of you now left who are still watching because I've got the eye twitch again. Um, but yeah, you, 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 all you have to do to beat the system is to identify what they're watching for because they're not looking for anything else. Right. Same perspective, you can, you can take very literally the words of a response, the wording of a response, because it's been constructed by someone else, not the person who you're visiting with, to say, no, or we can neither, whatever, which... It could be, now here's where the real conundrum comes, because it could be that there's something going on there. Or it could be that whoever 
was responsible for forming the language of the response said self and company. There's nothing going on here, but if we keep people looking here, they won't see the other hand. Oh, man. And so they insert some false positives. Okay. Then I could totally see that happening too. Absolutely. Anyway, I enjoyed it. I'm so glad we listened. It's been fun to discuss through all of this with you. Well, what do you what you walk away with? What besides just the ending was satisfactory for you? Were there any other things that were like, ooh? Hmm. Well, I thought that Klaus, the lead singer for the Scorpions, was very fascinating to listen yes. to. Um, I would like to hang out with him. Yeah. To revisit prior episodes of negatively constructed editing and mediocre content for a hanging out but not eating dinner with person yeah i'd throw klaus on the list he's a he's a fascinating dude he is and you know he has some stories to tell oh yeah i thought that his even just the little details of his picture of what life in west germany was like Mm -hmm. post-world war ii but before the berlin wall fell I thought that was very interesting. I think as Americans, we grow up with this um, painting of broad strokes, with broad strokes of a lot of different countries yeah. and, and those types of things. Um, I just, I don't know. It was, that was, to me, that was the satisfying ending, was getting to hear from him. And I thought the pacing of this podcast was so well done in yes. terms of what interviews they rolled out when, what tape gets played, what tape gets revisited. Um, there's this amazing side jaunt into true crime realm and drug running and right. Manuel Noriega in right. the eighties. Like and I would, I would hang out with doc. Yes. For sure. Not, not if I thought I was being monitored yeah. by law enforcement, but yeah. just, I'd, I'd like to just hang out with him for an afternoon and yeah. shoot the bull. Absolutely. So it, that, again, for a podcast that I was like, eh, I don't know, will I be interested in this? I, again, a few awesomes had been raving about it. I trust their taste. And so I'm so glad that we listened to it. You also took a side journey into another Pineapple Street podcast. At your recommendation. I did. Um, and I want that to be fully celebrated, not just by you, but everyone for the next time that I happen to miss an episode of the regular show where you're bad mouth and Kyle never does anything I suggest. No, Megan had suggested this one and I was in the mode of listening because I was doing stuff that permitted it. To be fair to you, it is true. I get frustrated because um, when I suggest something, I want you to act on it immediately. Immediately. Stop everything. Immediately. Um but when you do check something out, you fully check something out. Like, for example, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Yep. You're more fanatical in terms of never miss an episode listener now than I am. In, in eruptive moments. Like, I haven't listened to him in maybe two weeks. But when I do, because my schedule allows that this listening should occur, then I listen to all the things. Right. So anyway, you uh, you and I had talked about the production elements, and I told you that Henry something, can't remember his last name, 
who is the uh, sort of lead producer and also did the sound design and mixing on Wind of Change, it was also um, produced a, a number of other Pineapple Street podcasts, including Missing Richard Simmons. Yes. Which you checked out today and listened to the whole thing. It wasn't that long. It wasn't that long. Now, I listened, I guess the reason why that was so surprising to me, I listened to that in real time, so I was okay. waiting for week to week. Yeah. So Which it I felt like it was long. Do. Yeah. I'm a. I'm a child now of the Netflix generation where yeah, I will yeah, yeah. binge listen. I don't want to listen to a thing in real time. Yeah. If I have to wait a whole week, I'll never remember what happened on the last episode and be like, right. where am I? What's happening? So what, I loved Missing Richard Simmons. It was an awesome of the week for me when it first came out. What were your thoughts on it? It was a very interesting story. And spoiler, bleh, bad words, bleh, spoiler alert, um, or maybe just a view behind the curtain. We talked about this a little bit before we went on camera. Um, I feel like it would be wickedly powerful to have a good read on what his Myers-Briggs personality type is. Mm -hmm. um, because I think only that could really help explain how things went down, why they went down the way they did. Right. What's interesting, first of all, I feel like achievement level unlocked that I have talked about people's personality types in conjecture for so long that it made my heart swell to know that you also were like, I wonder what his personality type is. It's called indoctrination. <laughs> Propaganda. <laughs> yeah. Well, as Don't I... Don't get too excited there, Hitler. <laughs> I am a fascist when it comes to personality typing. Yes. It's to the point where when I did listen to Mr. Richard Simmons, um, when it was rolling out in real time, I was like, Richard Simmons has to be an ENFJ. He's like a very, very classic. ENFJs are extremely motivated to enter into the world of others and make, and make a better path for people. Um, and they really want to extrovert that energy out into the world. And so my read on him was ENFJ. However, you listened and had a teeny tiny bit of a different read on him. Give me the initials because I can't even remember. It was such a labor in the moment to try to put it together. What did I th suggest that he might be? Well, you said INFJ. Yes. And I thought that was yes. interesting because we were theorizing what could have happened to Richard Simmons that would make him completely in a snap, in a heartbeat, drop out of the public eye. And that's when you kind of conjectured that you thought maybe he was actually an INFJ. This, in my understanding of all of this false boxing in of people and categorizing them, that's a made-up pseudoscience. My understanding of the difference between an I and an E uh -huh. is that an E thrives in the moment mm -hmm. of extroversion, whereas I think a falsely presumed thing is that an I can't oh, be yeah. boisterous and part of the party and all of that. We absolutely can. Mm -hmm. And I say we with heavy air quotes because I refuse to accept that I'm in a box. But I personally can be seemingly the life of the party, all of that. But it is exhausting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when it's over, I have to go into seclusion to recuperate. Yeah. And that's exactly how the 
the voice. What is he? Is he a producer? I don't know. What is he? Well, Dan something. I can't remember his last name now. Dan the guy. Dan, Dan the, the man. Dan is the host. And Henry was his producer on this. Mm-hmm. I think he even references Henry Probably. a few times on there. So. so the way that Dan walks through the material, whether it's with guidance or otherwise, is to say that Richard Simmons himself pointed out that when he wasn't involved in whatever, whether it was the classes he taught or the being a guest on whatever show, that he went home and did not venture out and did not have friends, had not been over to anybody's house and so long he couldn't remember that it felt to me like a recuperative effort. Yeah, yeah. And that's a very powerful insight into, you know, what could have been going on there. Yes. So we walked through a lot of different possibilities of why and how things went the way they did. Mm -hmm. I lean on an idea that may or may not be right, because who can ever know in these things? Yeah. Um, They'd mentioned as well health issues, uh, joint health, not other things, but like joint health, needing knee replacements and stuff and things. Here's a guy who has... And and I'll be critical of this. I I think the fitness program he chose is quite possibly one of the worst Mm. for either getting truly thin or maintaining or any of that because it's a system that erodes muscularity. Ah, yes. And muscularity is what drives your metabolism. Yes. And so you can lose weight, but you can end up being skinny fat in a big hurry. Right. And then it's... The longer you go, the more and more difficult it becomes because your metabolism just continues to drop. Yes. Less and less muscle mass. Exactly, Um, because muscle burns fat. And I think he had to keep a tempo, Mm -hmm. an incredible tempo to keep his weight in check at that point. And with who knows whether it was, you know, recovery, maybe, maybe not some type of uh, drug dependency, opioids, Mm -hmm. whatever that occurs as your prescription Mm -hmm. that you get addicted to from a a recuperation from a surgery. Um, I think he gained some weight. Yeah. And it may not have been significant, Mm -hmm. but for somebody whose whole life was shaped by a bad childhood as struggling with self-image and all that, I think he went in the tank and couldn't bear his whole image at least as he perceived how other people perceived him, mm-hmm. all the weird psychology of that, I think he shut down and he went into a depression and couldn't couldn't face the public until either he got over it or got his body back into yeah. whatever thing he believed was necessary. Yeah. Yep. It's probably all completely wrong, but no, it makes that's, sense. that's a suspicion of mine. It makes sense. And... It's been a hot minute since I've listened to it, so I've forgotten many of the details of it. But, um, you know, I think overall, apparently you found it engaging enough to keep hitting. Enough. Enough. Like it was, it was, it was the second thing going on in my life, not the first. Yeah. So as long as it wasn't offensive, I was going to let it continue to go. Yeah. The other thing going on in my life today is AJ and I took the peppers for their first that visit, the first one since we've had them, mm-hmm. to get there. Would have been sooner if it weren't for yeah, yeah. quarantine exactly. and all of that. Exactly. So we were finally able to get them in, get them checked out, up to date on vaccines. 
I have to tell you that everybody from the office staff to other people waiting with their animals in the waiting room um, commented on what cute puppies they are. They're, they're good looking girls. They're precious darlings. Um, well, they're also kind of mean and ornery sometimes to yes. each other mostly. Mostly, yeah. And certainly they weren't, they were so panicked they oh, were ornery yeah. in public. No, no. The difference between taking these two little 11 and 12 pound girls as opposed to Jaja, our white German shepherd, who when we got her was 20 pounds. Right. She was in her 80s when we got <laughs> yeah. a new home found. Yeah, the difference in managing them in a vet office as opposed to her was pretty significant. Yeah. Uh, but I was glad to have AJ with me. She's a great helper. She always helped me too with Jaja's appointments and um, so yeah, we did that. So the girls are super healthy. Um, the vet was like, they look great. You guys are doing a great job. Interestingly, and I haven't even told you this part yet. So this is my first time Ooh, you hear this. Big reveal. Yes. Drum roll. I switched vets. Um, just some things happened towards the end when we had Jaja that I was just like, not super in love with that vet office. And we're fortunate enough to live in an area for some reason. We've got a lot of vet offices, including one that's like two blocks from our house, mm-hmm. who is where that office is where my best friend Catherine takes their dog. And she has raved about this vet. And so that's why I chose that office. But she takes a is little. Is it because he doesn't wear pants? Well, it's a lady, first of all. So you say. <laughs> and everyone was wearing pants and masks. I'll have and you know. And um, masks on their pants. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yes, it was strange, but everyone was trying to be as safe as they okay. could. Well, <laughs> evidently, I need to look into that market. Anyway, um, this vet is a little bit more like sort of like holistic... Of course you'd love that. Naturally Mm -hmm. oriented vet. And so she encouraged us to, in addition to the kibble, dry food, which they eat, and she was totally fine with the fact that they're just eating Purina dog chow. I told her about the Fromms and how it upset their tummy. And she was like, sure, that's going to happen. Every pet, like every human is going to have their own individual GI tract and react to different things different ways. You love the snowflake story. I do, yes. So anyway... She did encourage us to mix into their kibble um, what we might consider people food or like real food. And she was like, and I'm talking about like if your family has broccoli at dinner, stir some broccoli into their food. Um, You're feeling skeptical right now. (laughs) Um, She's like, you don't have to go out of your way to make homemade meals. And I'm certainly not talking about doing the raw food diet, but they need to have some actual real food. And I want you to stir it in to their kibble um doesn't have to be every single meal but often so that they're getting some nutrients coming in that in fresh food form so i was like well that's the first time i've ever had a vet tell me that i've certainly read this is she gonna come over and clean up the diarrhea (laughs) well she definitely said uh, start slow uh, mm-hmm. to, to measure, you know, to keep an eye that's on how they're going to tolerate it. That's such a CYA statement. Start slow. You call back. Oh, it was bad. Oh, you didn't start slowly enough. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I can already tell I don't like this vet. Okay. Well, I liked her. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Maybe you can take Nico there. Mm, not a bad idea. It's a lot closer than his pediatrician office. And he'd probably have a lot more fun, too. He'd be fascinated by the pants masks. 
It's right about eye level for him. <laughs> that he would. Oh, speaking of Nico, as it just so happens, the day that I, he's been a terrible sleeper lately mm-hmm. at night and naps. His naps have been like literally 20 minutes long. But the day I actually leave the house and leave Daisy in charge of Nico duty, Kylo is here, of course. He slept for like an hour and a half and probably would have kept sleeping. There was a break in the middle. She she got him back to sleep. Yeah, she did say the brothers woke him up. Yeah. She got him back to sleep. He probably would have kept sleeping, but as soon as we opened the front door, he woke up. Yeah. What? Action. Can't miss it. So, anyway. It's, he is definitely an extrovert. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's like raising AJ all over again. It's it's different, though. They're They're different. But in a lot of ways, they're the same. They share an initial or two. Okay. <laughs> so it has been a busy day, and we've, I'm sure, got a busy evening ahead and all of those things. So. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Who knows? Everybody could get tired. You need recovery from your thought dungeon. I do. I'm tired of thinking. Good. Let's do some thought-free, thought-free things. Okay. Well, that's all we have, so we'll see you next time. Good day. Some believe that silence is only awkward if you lack confidence. So next time someone won't shut up, tell them they're acting like a loser. Tough love is the best love.